What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, a podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the show. This is episode 36, which is part three in the Christopher Long story. Let's just get right into this one. Here we go. Episode 36. Uh, so let's 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 do a bit of a recap. Um, uh, you went away for work, came back three or so days later. She left, disappeared. A couple of weeks later, you finally got to see your kids again. Yep. And I think that's kind of it. Uh, oh, well, we did cover your uh, the, the, sort of the custody schedule because she got a new job. She got a new job, yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the joint but separate uh, counseling. Mm. Uh, yeah, we did cover that. And uh, but I don't. We didn't. We I think did we stop right before the custody trial? I think. Well, yeah, that was coming. Uh, that was coming. I just described what basically ended the whole thing for me in my mind yeah. so uh yeah we covered that so i think well, the last thing we were talking about on the last episode was uh her and bankruptcy yes and i was not a fan and i'm still glad yeah we're good. that uh i didn't do that so a lot of time alone there. Um, now what in that stretch? And you and I've had conversations about how lonely feels. Oof. Oof. I can spend a, a year talking about how yeah. lonely this is. It's uh, it's crushing, man. Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes gets into where people will develop a more of a judgmental mindset towards divorced people yeah uh you know that whole you'll screw anything that walks or right. or she's you know yeah, acting yeah. like a whore or you right, know right, right. until you lived it you don't understand that that level of loneliness it's yeah. it's uh well it's you go from not only having someone but but even when you're talking to family you have a whole family and then you go to a couple times a week or whatever they're absolutely is, you're completely alone yeah, uh, the house is super quiet. I can, I can tell you times and periods of times where, in that custody arrangement we had worked out, where I had a mentor recognize that some of my roughest points were when in in, in the in the hour and a half, two hours after my ex came to pick up my kids, yeah. and the house was silent. And uh, one of the things that he recommended was that when they leave you leave hmm. when they leave you leave when she came to pick them up and uh it was the, it was the custody swap time walk out right behind them get in your vehicle and find you know wherever you're gonna go yeah. uh visit friends family yada, yada yada just don't be in that house because that that time period was uh that was yeah. horrible loneliness yeah. not just missing her but Sure. You know, as time went by, more and more of my focus uh, went towards my children. Yeah. And 
you know, it's that's that whole adage of control the things you can control because there's so much that's out of control there. And if I could love on my girls, I was going to love on my girls. And um, with them, just just that shocking time period. So uh, what, what did you do? What did you find yourself doing? During those times, yeah, I'd roll. I'd 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 leave. I'd roll down to my brother's house, hang out with him and his wife for a little while. I'd go to my parents' house. Um, I'd sometimes go for a drive for a while, a half hour, 45, whatever it took. Um, How did you deal with the the nights, like when you went back? For some reason, it was that first hour to hour and a half that were the worst for me. Um, Because wherever I went helped... uh, Help me process and and, and 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 ultimately sort of take my mind off of missing those girls because I'd work through the next time I was going to see them and um, be able to set up those what I'm looking forward to's and what we're going to do next time, all that kind of stuff. So after that hour and a half, two hours, whatever, and I'd come home, yep, to an empty house, but at least the dog was... There you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a dog wanted to see me. <laughs> hey, we, we can, I could do a whole podcast on that dog. Her name was, her name was Paige. She was the best dog i ever seen or heard about that dog literally uh i shouldn't say literally because it wasn't literal fire but it sure felt like fire that i walked through with this whole thing and that dog never left my side that dog uh i i still every march 21st cry alligator tears and i visit her grave every because just um companion sure um that as time you know from young on that dog could i it would know what i was thinking i mean i could look at it and she she just really honed in on me. I was I was all for her. But so yeah, so I at least had that kind of thing. But then it was busy myself with doing my best to at least keep the house cleaned up. Little girls are messy, oh, and <laughs> and I'd get get things uh, ready to go. You know, for the next day, for the work day, for whatever. Um, if it was a weekend, I was trying to make plans with somebody uh whether it was a night out or an afternoon uh with somebody doing something somewhere and uh yeah that's important the the keep staying busy helped me focus the rest of my thoughts not forget them or disregard them uh so it was it was processing the work uh not all at once yeah so uh at that point um in the, the bankruptcy what how many that were she suggested that how many months or so or years or where where was that in the timeline after uh, the 5th of, of may oh so that was uh that was before i met my current and final wife i always say <laughs> uh she's awesome so that was before i met her so we're talking that was not long after filing for divorce okay. not so long after fi- that i filed you filed that's i filed because yeah. i knew there was in, in my heart and my mind there was no yeah. chance of reconciliation yeah. so yeah and then the some of the the bills began to mount up and uh yeah. i knew i was keeping my house so it was time for me to start looking at looking at uh, options for refinancing and walk through that i think i through the whole time i think i did it twice actually um and so i didn't end up buying out my ex uh for my house and property however 
with assuming that debt, it was very, very similar as I refinanced the house. Basically, real estate values go up and um, it's worth more and I could take on more of that debt. So yeah. did what I did. So, so was, that, was that around a year, a little less than a year? Yeah, around a year. Okay. Around a year. Now, on that, at that point, did you guys finally... I know that there was a... Because of her job, she had certain a certain schedule. Mm-hmm. When did you put that on paper? When did that become like something that she agreed to and signed? Okay, so, yeah, we got to backtrack just a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, we put that on paper... At my very first visit to the lawyer I chose, which was highly recommended, and I was grateful for that because I wasn't in the right mind to choose a good lawyer. I had no idea. When she started that part-time job, that that new part-time job is almost full-time that she had. She came to me and she said, this is where you get the kids and when you get the kids. And I was still in that panic and appeasement mode that I was talking about last time. Whatever you say, honey, just come home. And, uh, you know, agreeable to everything, which I've learned is a trauma response yes (laughs) i've learned recently yeah so though when it came time when i knew it was over and done with um visited the lawyer and we sat down in this big room and he he said okay tell me about your case your story what's what's what what's going on said i'm here i want to you know i I gotta file for divorce and i said i'm really sorry which i thought was weird and good he's he he, nobody wants to see a marriage end and he said, uh, do you have children? I said, yep, two two little girls. He said, okay, well, he said, this is how I do it. He said, I've been doing it for 28 years at that point. He said, the first thing we need to do is make sure your children are taken care of correctly. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, I, I, could, I can't agree more. Yeah, you That's, found the right guy. Yeah. I, I've had three lawyers. I don't think any of them have said that to me. So. And I, yeah, so when he said that, I'm like, oh, I was all for it. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. You, you're right and um whatever happens to me happens to me but they're they are the innocents in this so uh he said okay so can you give me an idea he had his big yellow legal pad there you know scratching notes from everything i was saying he's like can you give me an idea of you know when you have your girls how, what, what kind of schedule do you have worked out i said okay and i i started it off on a weekend um of our normal revolving time period and it went around the schedule that she had for her job and it just so happened, as she, as I described everything down through, it just so happened that the lawyer looked at his notes after I explained it. He said, so it's about a two-week revolving thing. I said, yep, that's the schedule she's on. He said, okay. He said, listen, you have your girls two overnights more than your wife at that point um, has in a two-week revolving period. I said, okay. I didn't understand the significance to it. And I, th- I think I even said, what's, uh, what's that mean? Yeah. And he said, that means you have majority custody of your kids already. Uh, he said, if I write up a custody agreement, which will be turned into a custody order, just like you described it to me, will she sign it in front of a notary? And I said, well, I imagine so. And she came up with it. You know, I'm, I'm still in a, that panic and appeasement mode. Whatever you say, just come home. So... He writes it up and I, you know, the next day or two, I go down to the lawyer's office and I pick it up and he's like, now don't, don't tell her anything about this. He said, I'm not telling you to, you know, play dirty here. He said, but I'm employed to protect you and your children because you want to protect your children. 
He said, so don't, don't tell her this information. He said, however, here in the state of Pennsylvania, she will not be eligible to receive any child support from you because you have your kids more than she does. No matter, I said, but I make a lot more money. He said, that doesn't matter. It has everything to do with overnights. And I said, okay, but you know, I, I wasn't worried really about that. You know, her and I had had these conversations, um, over the months and she, she told me that she'll never go for child support. That's she understands that my earnings have always taken care of my kids and will continue to, and I'm never going to shirk that responsibility as a father. So when I said that to him, he laughed out loud and that pissed me off. I'm sure. sure. I was like, and I think he saw it on my face and my whole body language and posture changed when he told me that. And I, and he stopped and he realized it. And he said, listen, I apologize. He said, he said, I, I didn't mean to offend you. He said, I, I've been doing this a long time. He said, I know I laughed in your face. He said, it's just that everyone I've ever been involved with over 28 years or whatever has said something very similar to that. And they all go back to domestic relations to get child support. I said, well, she's not going to do that. He said, okay, that's fine. Um, but this will protect you in the event that it ever does happen. Right. I said, okay, fine. <laughs> I grabbed the paper. And yeah, all I needed to do, uh, I, I, I told her, I said, listen, you know, when I, I had a conversation with my dark side there, uh, I said, listen, you know, getting this started. And she was okay with it. She knew that divorce was happening. I said, so we're going to do the kids first to make sure everything's right with them. She's like, yeah, okay. So I said, we got we got this first paperwork. I said, we got to go to the notary and get it signed. This just says exactly what you told me when I have the kids. She's like, yeah, okay. So we go to the notary and I sign, she signs. And I watched that notary put that stamp on there, their raised seal stamp. And I, and when I saw that, I thought, okay, this is, uh, this is real. This is it. Um, it has now become law and we got to follow it. So there, uh, Later, there was more to it as far as uh, the language, as far as right of refusal and and all that stuff. It was in there, but we we visited those points later. I mean, she read it over. I kind of knew what it was, but had no experience with that kind of stuff. But nevertheless, the seal's on there, and it was was a done deal. So, Um, Now, when when was this? This was seven, eight months? Yep, seven, eight months in, in, I think. Um, I do apologize if some of my timeline doesn't always line up. You got to remember this past May the 5th was now 18 years ago that she left. So uh, there's a lot of time in between. You don't remember the specifics exactly, but you will never, and you guys will attest to this as you go through life. You will never remember, never forget. I apologize. You will never forget what it made you feel. You might not remember a lot of the specifics, but those feelings that, that caused the trauma and the wounds that you you don't forget those no, so uh so at what point does she then say i want some money okay so yeah <laughs> another um four or five months after that mm-hmm. is when at least five months after that is when she pretty much ran out of all the money uh, that she took, you know, she emptied the bank accounts and all that stuff from the beginning. Right. And I had been also supplementing those things uh, as my mind 
and Hart was telling me, I got to take care of my kids. I got to take care of my kids. And, and, oh, and she'd say, oh, they need new shoes. They need new pajamas. They need, you know, you know, I'm, I'm constantly, okay, you know, here's 50 bucks. Here's a hundred bucks. Here's, you know, that kind of thing all the time. So I was doing it. Um, what stopped me from doing that was my wife, Stephanie. She, when she became, got that involved where she became very aware of everything that was going on and how I was handling all that business, she was like, now, obviously, girlfriend. So right. I think it's funny sometimes when I refer to her as my ex-girlfriend, my wife. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but she would uh, recognize it and call it out on me. Chris, what are you doing? Why are you? why are you doing this? And, and I'd be like, well, you know, they need, and she's like, they got seven pair of pajamas upstairs. We got shoes right here for them. There's, if they need them, we can take them to her or what, you know, why are you doing it? And, you know, and I, and I got to thinking, you know, she's right. What, what am I doing? But anyway, because, you know, I cut that kind of thing off and there, she was getting tight on money. Uh, She had a, car repossessed she i mean there was she was floundering you know yeah. so i got a call at work one day um middle of the day and i answered the phone it was her she says okay she said you're gonna be mad and i said what do you mean i'm gonna be mad you know it's my ex-wife talking to me she said i i, I filed at domestic relations and i came unglued at that over the phone on her at that point and now remember the divorce was in process we were waiting to get the paperwork back and um custody was already taken care of all this stuff was already done and now she wants to go to domestic relations and i was pretty nasty to her on the phone and hung up on her and calmed down a few minutes then i called the lawyer and i said you were right and he said i know i was he was really he was very respectful at that point because he knew how upset I got when he told me sure. that she was gonna. He said, "I knew she would." He said, "Listen, you're you're fine, you know." And, and calm tones, and sure. he said, "Listen, all you got to do," he said, "if you want me to send somebody with you um, to the office, the domestic relations office," he said, "I can do that. That's not a big deal." He said, uh, "Matter of fact," he said, "I've got." Uh, pretty new partner here that came from the state level of domestic relations so she is very very adept in how how it all works he said but what i will tell you he said you're going to get the paperwork in the mail he said it'll have the date and everything on it he said and a phone number he said when you get it he said the best way to defend yourself in this situation is a good offense i said well i have a good defense because you told me I have more overnights. He said, yes, you do. He said, they're going to take the whole situation a little more seriously if you counterfile. Okay, fine. He said, it doesn't cost you anything. It's not a big deal. Okay, fine. So I did. And So you counterfiled for custody or, or child support? Child, child support. support. Okay, yeah, okay. Even though I didn't want any. Right, right. I, I didn't want anything, no money from her. Right. I never got any money from her in the past. She only ever had part-time jobs here and there, and it was just supplemental anyway, you know. So uh, time came couple weeks later whatever uh the day of the uh domestic relations hearing and i met at my lawyer's office with uh, her his new partner that just lawyers have a lot of people working for him and she uh 
she was very very nice and kind she was a, lo- a pretty little black lady and she was very explanatory and very very helpful f- to me as far as far as answering questions about how it worked she was very good at what she did um and very nice and pleasant person so we're talking about the case and everything is about four block walk from there to the courthouse and we get in there and it's a small room there's uh for lack of a better word like a governing officer or a magistrate on one side of the desk and uh, it was my lawyer and me and my ex-wife on the far side and well soon to be ex-wife the paper wasn't even quite through the system yet to, to get the decree so uh she opens the conference or case or whatever there and it's it's my wife is the plaintiff and i'm the defendant and she says do you guys have uh any kind of a an agreement a custody order or anything like that and my lawyer pipes up yes we do and she hands it across the whole packet there that was signed and literally sealed with the notary and she this lady across the table was leafing through the papers and she says uh, two or three minutes later, she kind of looks up from her reading glasses and looks at my ex ex wife, soon to be ex wife, and says, "You're you're not eligible for any money from this man." Well, at that point, she starts sobbing, crying. Um, I imagine it was one heck of a blow. I'm sure. Yeah. At that point, she probably had some very high expectations yeah, sure. on how that was going to go, yeah. and and she so she she didn't have a lawyer. Huh. And we didn't need to. And my my lawyer explained to me when before when I was calling him to talk about it all. He, right. he said you can go there yourself. He said it's not real hard to represent yourself in a situation like that. Right. He said, but if you want somebody to go with you, and I was, I was like, yeah, because I was like, sure. very didn't know what was yeah, going on. Hindsight, had I had experience in it, I'd have went myself. Right. But because I didn't have any experience, I'm glad that I had but she didn't her with have, me. She didn't have a lawyer at all. She had, no, I do not believe she had any kind of a lawyer at that point. Interesting. Yep. So then she says, after she says, you know, you're not eligible for any money from this man. My ex-wife gets super upset and it was a shell shock moment for me because I wasn't there to hurt anybody. I was there to protect myself and that's it and protect my children a lot of that whole mindset was protecting my children therefore then i will be protecting myself and she got so upset uh she basically i don't remember everything all the words that were said but she was sobbing crying and screaming and uh, as she was slamming the door behind her walking out of the hearing i you know at the door slams and i'm sitting there and now it's just me my lawyer and this magistrate lady and i'm i'm like shaking it's just a, the strangest uh horrible weirdest thing i might have ever been through have you ever seen her react like that before in life mm, no i don't think i did hmm. Interesting. i mean she was really 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 upset and sad that it wasn't going to work the way she wanted it to work sure. so i'm sure that magistrate had a little button you know on the bottom of her desk there to call security and it's the sheriff's will be there in seconds you know yeah. um but she never had to push it because nothing really got that violent, but it was pretty loud and nasty. I'm sitting there. We're all three sitting there now. My ex-wife's gone. We're all three sitting there. And, and my lawyer and the magistrate lady kind of are giggling just a little bit. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are you giggling about? This isn't funny to me. None of, no part of it was funny to me. 
the magistrate says, okay, all right, um, well, case closed there. Yeah. And my lawyer's like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Right. And she's like, well, we're going to go ahead, since you counterfiled, and we're going to do it at the same time, we're going to go ahead and get into yours. And I'm just kind of sitting there in bewilderment. I'm like, okay. And, right. and she she has the same custody order right there, you know. She's And she starts typing up on her adding machine there on the desk. And uh, she looks up, and I think she said somewhere around like a $120 a week or something will be garnished from her wages. And I stopped, I, I opened my mouth then. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I, I, that's not why I'm here. I said, I, I came here to defend my children and defend me. They are taken care of. I don't want any money from her. Then my lawyer partner pipes up and says, wait, wait, wait. She holds her hands up. Wait, wait, wait to the magistrate and me. And she says, Chris, she said, you need to take something. It doesn't have to be the full amount weekly. I said, well, I don't need to take anything. I, I, I pay for everything for my kids as it is. Everything they have in life comes from my job, my health insurance, my everything. And they're well taken care of. She said, in order for this to stay solidified, you need to take something. And I calmed down a little bit and I said, listen, um, at the time I was, I had really inexpensive, but very good childcare for my girls. Uh, and I think I was paying 80 bucks a week for both my kids, full-time daycare. And I said, how about, how about she, it might even been a suggestion. I don't remember exactly, but I ended up saying, how about she pays half the childcare? So $40 a week. And, uh, that's where it settled in on. And from there for the next, until my girls were 11, 10 and 10 and 11 years old, 11 and 12 years old, right in that range. That's, that's where it was. That's how it worked. The same custody order applied the same child support I was receiving from her applied. Now, did you actually receive the child? Absolutely. They garnished her wages and put it in a a card that had a debit uh, account that had a debit card. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And it, that's, uh, that's how it was used. I mean, I'd pay the full $80 to my daycare and then, and then once they started school, it was after school stuff, you know, then I was like, okay, I paid that money out of my account. Well, this card has her $40 from last week on it. That's just gonna, what's my grocery bill. Okay. And the $40 went to the grocery bill. So that's the way I started. And then after a while it was, it turned into, um, helping with the college fund. I'm trying to remember the name of it that I, yep. 529 college fund through, through the state. And, uh, I put the money in there and then I'd, because it was a card, I'd still swipe it off for whatever we were doing for the kids, but I'd always put the money in the car. And so in my mind, it equated sure. to her contributing to the girls' college accounts. Okay. So let's, let's back up a, a yeah. bit, although I don't know how far. We skipped over a bunch, but go ahead. Right. I mean, that's the, those are the main things that I think we'll, we'll, we'll eventually get to the trial, but um, at some point, as you mentioned, you, you met your... Ex-girlfriend. My my ex girlfriend, my wife, my wonderful <laughs> Stephanie. She's awesome. And so, what at what point did you, after you know the fifth of May on that in that particular year, at what point did you meet her, and where did you meet her? Well, I mentioned in an, uh, one of the earlier podcasts, uh, my first wife was a preacher's daughter, and my second was my bartender, and that's very true. <laughs> I'd visit a 
local establishment early on, or you know, within the first five six months when I started to get. Yeah. Okay, I need my my brother and his wife would say, "Hey, let's come come with us. Let's go out and we'll, you know yeah. we're not gonna get sloppy drunk or anything. Like right, we're gonna have a good time, sing right. some karaoke, relax, be with friends. Westgate, yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> yep, the Westgate. So, um, yeah, that's where I met her, and she was uh, definitely physically attractive. However, uh, we've had conversations about physically attractive women and, and the way we think and choose and what's attractive to us and yada da but um what really super intrigued me was how quickly she thought and how intelligent her responses to questions were and i'm like this is a real person here right you know this is pretty cool so did you um do the typical like uh customer bartender relationship in terms of like did you take your problems to her like did she know what was going on no 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 I no, I didn't do that. The, the whole, she's you know rubbing the bar with the rag, cleaning it up, and you didn't <laughs> right. sob life sob stories. No, right, right. there was none of that. No, that okay. you know, I wasn't ready to be that quite that open. Gotcha. That makes sense. She had met me before oh, when okay. I was married, uh-huh. and the dark side and I would, if we were there for dinner or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. hanging out with friends, and uh, she had been our waitress slash bartender years past, yeah, you know, back. Sure, sure. So she. She knew my brother because he frequented the place a lot more than I did. And she knew who I was, you know. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, mentioned the idea. Oh, yeah, six, 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 seven months after uh, my wife left is when I would, would do things like that with my with my oh, brother okay. and his wife and stuff like that. Okay, so 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 you knew her for a little while, just just going there. But 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 not, really. but not really because my mind sucks. My memory is nowhere near as good right. as my wife's. Yeah. Uh, not even close. Uh, so f- to me, honestly, it was like meeting her for the first time. Right. But she knew she knew who she was dealing with. You right. know what I mean? Right. So how did you? Who? How did dating come about? Like how did that? I just asked her if she wanted to hang out. You know, go for. And we ended up going for a hike. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, did a little so, geocaching, so how, a little hiking. How long was that after uh, you sort of, quote, unquote, met for the first time, and then how long after the separation or whatever? It was probably about a year, at least a year. It was a year okay. or so after my ex left. And at that time, when you started dating her, did you have any trepidation about dating and all that kind of like... No, honestly, unfortunately for me, I suppose... Um, you know, as we talked about sort of beginning of this one about how lonely I was. Sure, yeah. And uh, you felt she you was ready. You had no. Oh yeah, I I did. I felt like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't ready to get married exactly. Right. But I thought I I can hang out with a woman and I can you know we it would I'll be okay. I'm yeah. not you know not going to go overboard here. Right. So. So you took it slow. Absolutely. Yeah. Slow enough. Yeah. For me. Yeah. But she was. We we fit well. We matched well in in many many areas. Yeah. Some you don't, but nobody does sure, perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so there was a. Criteria. I was very very comfortable with her. Yeah, very comfortable with her. So at what point then did it start getting quote unquote serious? Oh, about six seven months into Steph and I's relationship, I think. Okay. Although she'll tell you a lot better, and she'll tell you much more better specifics because her memory is 
amazing yeah. compared to mine. Well, no pressure to Stephanie, but she needs to come on the podcast. Yes, she. <laughs> we're in talks. We're in talks because I, I, feel, I feel there's going to be great value in Absolutely. hearing her point of view. 100%. Um, she works in mental health and works with blended families and has actually lived it herself. So, so, oh, so I didn't know that. No, no, no. I lived it herself as uh, as a stepmom and. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, thought, you know I, mean? I thought she was a child of divorce. Maybe nope, nope. Okay, gotcha. So uh, that aspect of her was probably, and this is probably a rabbit hole. Maybe you'd save it for her, but that's that was probably a very. Valuable, certainly. But I don't know the word, but like it was important for sure, right? Mm-hmm. To help you sort of. Absolutely, her her show. clarity of mind was is just awesome. It still is for me. Whereas she could, she f- from a certain standpoint, she was on the outside looking in, sure. and she could see what how how I was handling dealing with my ex wife and through the divorce and you know the, the end of it and all that stuff. She was she was there when I through the big pig roast party when the papers finally came through and all that stuff. But yeah, um, it's, she's just been very, very good uh, for me through the process after. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, it's not like she was only there for that. That's not the case at all. But right. no, she no. she took to my children and loved my girls. Well, that's where I was going to go next. In an ama- it's funny we're doing this on Mother's Day. And it is funny. <laughs> I, you know, when, when we talked about this, I was like, um, I was like, yeah, Sunday. And then I thought, oh, shit, that's Mother's Day. Like, yeah. I don't know if he can. I wasn't sure if right. he would be. Um, no, no, no. We talk, I talked with her yeah, about okay, it. Good, good, yep. Good. So we're good. We're good. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, shit, I hope he didn't forget. I'm going to put him in a real bad spot. <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't have let that happen. Some of the most amazing people I've ever thought about or known about in my life are, are people who will take on that mantle of parent or mother or father. Uh, two children that aren't their own. That's, yeah. that's, don't know if I can do it, Mike. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. So. Uh, but she did it with such amazing grace yeah. and she fell in love with my children yeah. as much or maybe more. I think I've even accused her of more uh, with than me. Really? She, she adores. Yeah. They're our girls now. Yeah. How, I, so at what point did you, because your, your girls are so pretty young at that point, so introducing probably wasn't as difficult or, or complicated as it could be if they were like teenagers or whatever, but mm-hmm. at what point did you introduce the kids to her? Three or four months okay. of dating, and then it was, uh, the conversation with my girls were, was, uh, hey, let's go get some ice cream, I want you to meet my friend ah, kind of situation, yeah, you know, sure, sure. because I, I, I think I might have met, I hope I mentioned this earlier in one of the earlier podcasts i took my father's advice about my children super seriously when he said to make your kids the apple of your eye and they came first for everything to this day i've told you this story to this day if you don't know my girls at all and you walk up to one of them and i even challenged you to do this Ask my daughter, any either one of them, who loves you more than your daddy? And they all, their, their response is going to say, Jesus is the only one that loves me more than my dad. And that's something I'm very, very proud of. I'm tearing up thinking about it. I love them uh, with every fiber of my being. My children, if, if for no other reason that I was put on this earth, was to raise my daughters. So 
Oh, man. So, um, Steph helped tremendously just because her capacity to love them. And I can think up instances of that still amaze me. One night on a, on a week, I think it was a weekday, might have been a weekend evening. My ex wife was, see, with our custody order, the one relinquishing custody provided transportation. And she dropped off my girls one evening while my wife was working at the bar. And my youngest was sniveling and crying when they got out of the car. And, you know, I, I received custody and brought, you know, the girls came in and she's holding her arm. And I'm like, what's the matter, honey? And she's she's sniveling. And my ex-wife says, well, she's being a little bit of a baby. She fell and tripped and banged her arm. And I, she said, she's fine. Um, I gave, she said, I gave her a Tylenol. Um, but she's still working at getting over it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Because at that point, there's only so much interaction I'm willing to deal with right, the right, ex. Right. She leaves. And I sat her down on the on the sofa, and we're we're talking. And, and the older one obviously isn't crying. I said, "Emma, what happened?" Well, they were playing tag in the backyard of a friend's house, and Annie tripped over a tree root and came down on her forearm and elbow. And I said, "Okay, thanks." And 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 Emma went upstairs, and she's doing her thing, little girl thing. And um, my youngest is still sitting on the sofa, and I, and I she's sniveling less. But you could tell she wasn't happy and she was still in pain. And I had cartoons on TV and we were just trying to chill, you know. And I said, can daddy see your arm? And she's like, yeah, okay. You know, and she's holding it close to her body. And um, I could see there was something really wrong, swelling and issues with her above her elbow. And I thought, all righty. So <laughs> we got to get to the, you know, go get, get to the hospital and see what's going on here. And... I remember sending my wife a text. You know, dark side dropped off the girls. Annie's injured. There's some. I got to take her to the hospital. Well, she left her job and met me. I was a bit surprised, even uh, in the emergency room. And she was. The concern on her face was just. I was like, whoa, this is wow. wild. Yeah. You know, so she was. Um, she still is extremely invested in those girls. She she loves them with all her heart. Um, yeah, that turned out to be a broken arm. And uh, even the, that night was funny because even the doctors, they, they x-rayed the wrong part of her arm. Yeah. And were ready to clear us to go out of the hospital. And I'm looking at her elbow and I'm saying, I said, wait a minute. You got to look at her again. There's 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 an issue here. And I showed him what was going on. I said, something is happening up here in the upper part of her arm. Well, you know, the x-ray looked clear. I said, you need to take more x-rays. And, and I finally convinced him to do so. And sure enough, a, a pretty good break there at the top of, you know, above her elbow. Wow. They admitted her or did surgery that night oh, wow. to pin it and straighten it out to get it correct. So... Now this this comes up later in the story, right? Uh, in terms of the, it was it was probably brought up during the trial. I'm oh well, everything like that. I talk when I talk to guys um, on the Facebook group all the time. You, it's it's a common theme. You guys probably hear me talk about it: journaling, yeah. recording events, writing everything down, journaling, journaling, journaling. Everything that happened, the condition of your children when 
your ex drops them off or vice versa. Um, anything and everything that could possibly that you're you're not quite in approval of. Journal everything. It gets monotonous. It gets difficult. And I can give my wife credit for picking up some of that slack for me too through the years with my girls growing up uh, because mine was all handwritten. Um, she's She can type like a fiend. She's awesome. Computer, yada, da. But she um, would, we, we, we kept the digital journal, you know, from that point in time on. And when I ended up, which we'll get to that trial in a little while here, when I ended up that trial, I think I had about a two-inch-ish thick stack of printed journaling emails correspondence everything that went on so and that was valuable right monumentally extremely can't stress it enough to any of you guys listening write everything down journal everything you can the idea is protecting your children protecting your children protecting your children that i cannot stress it enough it was it was huge for the trial yeah so i want to i'm curious about the relationship with steph and and your girls um as they got older Mm -hmm. was there ever any tension oh absolutely you're not my mom type of no no not quite like that i mean you got three females living in the same house man there's bound to be tension at some point but i didn't know if there was ever any pushback no i never experienced uh and, and hearing that kind of it, might, it may have been some behind the scenes stuff right. may have been from time to time um they knew how much she loved them yeah. now we were constantly getting the barrage from the dark side sure. they were being they that stuff was being poured into their heads she's not your mom uh, i'm your mom right, right. you know that kind of stuff sure, sure. stephanie never ever tried to overstep her bounds she only loved those girls never ever ever tried to overstep her bounds she would fill blanks in because she loved those girls so much case in point a kindergarten or first grade event uh, at the school where my ex couldn't or wouldn't for whatever reason make it to this event and my oldest daughter was very upset very sad and her stepmom my wife stepped in I'll be there, honey. I'll be there with you. Yeah. And, you know. And how's the relationship now? With them? I, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Okay. Their relationship now is uh, growing, and continually growing. Um, it's good. There, there are hurts from time to time. Sure. But the evidence uh, that my wife loves them beyond words is still there to this day in every aspect i gr- i grumble under my breath because she'll share my wife will share with me uh, i just i just made an instacart order to a Publix or a audi or whatever for groceries for emma or i just sent off of amazon i bought these three four or five items for annie's kitchen or emma's kitchen or and i'm like you know, if you can see a look on my face, I'm like, what the, these kids got to do this stuff on their own here now. What, you know, but, um, they didn't, they don't ask for that kind of stuff. She right. is loving on them sure. with a gift, you know, and it happens all the time. 
my my wife loves my girls. That's not going away. Did, did was there ever? Uh, I mean, it sounds it sounds like there was some poison pills being. Yes, there were. Was was that a difficult thing to deal with at times? It was a constant situation of damage control. Yeah. And the only way you can fight hate is love. So it wasn't a fix-all, on-the-moment, right-now, damage-control thing. It was a big-picture situation to love on those girls show by showing them the truth in love when their minds were being tricked or... Sure. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here with an, in an accusatory thing to my ex it is what it is and yeah. this is water under the bridge done and over with sure. all i could do all i could do is control what i could control for them um and you use love doing it and that's that's all i could do do you think that um your ex do you think that she tried to purposely try and again no, i'm not being accused i'm just curious do you think she tried to sort of sabotage that relationship between your current wife with Stephanie and your kids? Do you think? I don't think it, if she did, I don't think it was a purposeful thing to drive wedge. Yeah. I think there may have been some natural response to understand, as she would see and understand the big picture that my wife was filling that void and wouldn't anybody sure. in the face of being showed up have some sort of a response to it sure yeah that's what i mean like I, and i don't even think that i mean it's i think it's natural to have those kinds of thoughts sure those are my kids like i can i can put myself in those other shoes right right and and and, and know that i would be a little uh, probably butt hurt for lack of a better word a sure little bit upset you know but but it, thoughts and actions are two different things you know absolutely if, if you're going to think those things i think it's normal and natural absolutely and that gives you the opportunity to do the work and work through them yeah uh, through steps mentally to come to proper conclusions. Right. And now, on 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 that flip side, and <coughs> you don't, you and I have had this conversation, so I, I kind of okay. know, but but we can delve in a little deeper. Did you have any? Uh, I, I know your ex has been married more than once since you have parted ways. Mm-hmm. And did you have any issues with anyone she was dating, anyone she married? Is there anything that where you had to step in and be like? That ain't you ain't you ain't doing that or whatever it is. I don't know spanking or I, I don't know could be anything. Like, is there was there anything that occurred that you had to sort of step into and just like handle? So overall, the answer is no. Uh, overall, I purposed to make my girls. I may have failed in in in, in different ways, but I know that I if I got off course I would correct every time but I purposed to make each of my daughters and now my son feel like they're my favorite <laughs> that's the trick that that's I want I want to make sure. that individual yeah. I want to pour in to my daughters or my son's life in a way that makes them feel like they're my favorite yeah. because they're all my favorite yeah. And nobody loves them more than Jesus, but I'm right there behind them. And they know it, and they 
they lived it and they grew it as to, as you know, through life and uh because of that intense love and passion for my kids i i really as honest as i can be i never worried about another, another man ever being able to step up um to fulfill any of my roles as a father to them were there disagreements a time or two with what was said or done by a a a stepfather or whatever whoever she married was with at that time yeah there were there were a couple here and there and i called them out carefully okay i would call them out carefully um when you you know when girl when girls get into teenage years uh body image and things are pretty important to them and i'd hear i remember one situation where a guy she was with basically was complimenting my daughter in a way that made me feel uncomfortable Uh, and i called it out immediately yep oh yeah whoa 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 whoa. (laughs) you're you're gonna back off right now it's all about you know love foster and protecting my children sure so yeah otherwise just little inconsequential issues that were very very easily solved with the idea that my children knew how much i loved them so i think that's the sort of the message here because i i I know for myself there's there's a part of me that has and i don't now she's not as far as i know she's not seeing anyone my ex so Mm -hmm. um but there there was a time when she was and so there was a part of me that was that had this fear that you know someone else is going to sort of swoop in and be daddy to my girls and that just you know infuriates and saddens and crushes and like it's every everything so I think the message is that that shit may happen uh, in terms of other men being in their lives. But as long as you focus on them, and, absolutely, and do your duty, do you know, do your job. It it's won't not even, yeah. I mean, I, I I understand your choice of words, but I'm going to correct them just a little bit. Sure. It's not even your duty. You, you you. I'm sure. I know you, and I know that the moment you held your daughter in your arms, oh, yeah. it's a spiritual event, man. Yeah, it, 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 there's a connection there. Um, from the outside looking in there are sacrifices but from the inside looking out yeah. doesn't feel like a sacrifice it's your child for yeah. good goodness sake it's yeah. there's you so yeah my my challenge to you and, and any of the guys listening when it comes to your kids is love on them love on them love all them on them spend that time know them uh learn them be there through thick and thin with everything my job suffered really? from time to time because I'm like, I'm not missing this. Yeah. I coached girls lacrosse. Mike, I didn't know anything about, <laughs> the, I think I had heard the word lacrosse on the back of a car one time, <laughs> you know, and they, yeah. they just, they, they showed interest. They wanted to play lacrosse. And I'm like, I don't know anything about this sport, you know? So showing up at, you know, taking them to practice and showing up and just standing on the sidelines and watching and trying to understand what's this sport what is this then you know age-old story coach walks over oh you, you look like you're a uh, interested dad yeah do you think you want to be a coach i, I don't know anything about it but uh so i'm like yeah okay fine you know i'll, I'll be involved i'll help as much as i can you know, i can do some physical conditioning with them or something like that and you know two or three or four weeks into it coach quits now i'm in charge and i'm like okay better get a book and really read up on this you know <laughs> But um, poor, 
pouring into my kid's life, just pouring in and giving it my all with them, making them the apple of my eye, knowing that they knew who, who, who I was, what I was about and that they, I love them and I'm going to do whatever it takes for them. I wish I had better words for it. Well, I I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think you hit it on the head. It's, it's, I mean, there's probably no more, probably, I don't think there's anything more important, especially considering circumstances. I mean, to be a father in a, in a family, in a marriage, and everything's going great, obviously that's still, you know, being a father is still very, very important. But the circumstances of divorce, I think, sort of amps it up a little bit. Like, you're, you, you sort of, I think you, I don't say you have more work to do or whatever, but I think there's more, there's more potential negative consequences. There you from, go. From a divorce than there are normal life. So I think in some ways you almost have to step it up a little bit. Well, that's that's an understatement. They're, and they're not potential. They're there. Yeah. Th- those negative forces are there. True. Um, you bring up a great idea and a great point that when I began, we were talking about this the other day. So timelines are blurry, right, for me as I'm thinking I'm looking back. Um, I cried for and grieved my marriage for many, 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 many months. The focus shifted as the grief of that relationship dying either began to subside or the realization of what my children were up against and what were they were going to be up against through their life because of the decision she made. It shifted to that, and nev- that never left my heart and my mind that I've said it before to my girls and they know it. Uh, we play the hand of cards that are dealt to us. They were dealt a shitty hand, dude. They didn't ask for this. None of the above. So, um, overcompensating was definitely part of it for me. I, and sometimes, yeah, I say overcompensating, but sometimes I still feel like I probably fell short. Well, yeah, I think that's, Uh-huh. Doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it? Am I, am I helping? Am I hurting? You know? And I think, you know, for me, I've, I've probably taken, I mean, that's still a part of my grieving for sure, mm-hmm. but I've, I've probably taken longer for the marriage side of things uh, to, to, to grieve that. And in some ways, I, I still am. But I do think now, definitely the majority of my grieving and my sadness and my anger and frustration is the effects it has on my children. Mm-hmm. I mean, the it, I, it hasn't happened as much. It still happens, but um, my my six year old um, who turned just turned, and she said to me the other day, "My uh, daddy, did mommy leave on my birthday?" Oh man! And she's almost right. It was a couple of days, but she filed divorce on her birthday. Right. That truth will come out. But for that, for the for a little while, not immediately after she left and stuff, but a little while after. My five-year-old little girl is having fucking nightmares right. every single night. And, I, you know, she seems to be better now, although she did have one the other night. And she came downstairs and, you know, had a bad dream. She didn't want to talk about it, which, mm-hmm. you know, makes me a little... But um, I, I, yeah, the, the sadness and anger that come with those types of things are just... How do you... And I guess this is a question for... How do you get over those types of things? How do you let that go because it makes me want to you know 
punch her in her face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she did that. There's no question that those nightmares that little girl is having are directly due to her decision to to end the marriage and right. break up the family. How did you deal with that anger? Uh, well, I, I mean, I know the answer, but how, how did you deal with I'm, that? I'm about to <laughs> I'm about to lay it on you guys. Yes, please. So <laughs> here's how I did it. All those feelings are very, 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 very real. Not even a little bit of fakeness to any of those feelings. So pay attention, boys. Your mind, yeah, if you want to, your mind is at that point in a knot, a, a very complex knot. And I'm glad that you and I had a little bit of prelim to this conversation the other day on the phone and it, it helped me kind of bring it all together even more so as you can step back a little bit and examine the knot the knot of emotions dealing with the heartbreak she caused dealing with the challenges that lie ahead with your children and the idea or thought concept of how do you possibly forgive this or even find a way to move forward is extremely daunting because the knot is that complex so untying it a piece at a time men are good at compartmentalizing it's sometimes to our fault that we can do that and shelve our issues and emotions Uh, however in some respects I'm not an advocate for this. I'm just saying this is how it worked for me. In some respects, it served me well to compartmentalize thoughts and feelings, to work on another compartment to help untie a piece of that knot and loosen up some ends so that my frustration and anger and unforgiveness weren't getting in the way of moving forward. They were. However, this was the work that you do that I did and was able to you know untie that first part of the heartbreak uh, the rejection of me and still okay to feel really really sad about it but it's untied and I'll live and I'll move forward okay so here's now the rest of the knot I'm looking at this this tied up tight ball of whatever the next part of the knot is my kids i gotta i gotta figure out a way so that my children can move on so i dealt with the offense given to me and and or you know have a path to go down with the offense given to me as far as any kind of concept of forgiveness this the second part is now what she did to my kids that i need my children that i need to protect and I need to give them a life somehow. So now I got to begin to keep, you know, untie that knot as it's even more trying to be tied up tighter and yeah, shit's happening. work through damage control each time. I thought I had that part of the knot loose. Right. I didn't. I got to do undo it again. Or, or this event occurred and it happened again. I got to do, I got to work through this again. And it was a constant time period of struggle as the girls were growing up to keep untying that knot so that we didn't get stuck in 
in unforgiveness and bitterness all the time. And uh, <laughs> remember when my oldest daughter graduated high school? She uh, she made it, man. It was like, oh my god, I can't believe she made it. And I remember being in the crowd and the kids threw their hats and we all got up and yay you know and it was over and my mom walked over to me and uh she gave me the biggest hug and i weeped on her shoulder and i said mom this is so hard this was so hard and she said i know i know she said but you did it you did it you did it and you're through it you know that's an event that uh we can look forward now instead of backwards she's you know she's legally an adult she's on her way college is the next step and uh man that was hard there's no sugarcoating here, guys. No, it's not. It's it, if there's something you said, and, and I I struggle with my anger towards my ex, and it's it is definitely a knot and it's balled up. And I've tried to thank, thankfully, to your counseling and mentorship, I've tried to to work on these things and not hold on to some of these things and try to do, you know, kind of you know live by your example because it's a pretty awesome one. Because not only and, and I mentioned this on the outro uh, of the first episode, not only did she graduate high school she just graduated college yep which is another amazing milestone and achievement but one of the things you just said uh and i actually I scribbled it down is you did almost i'm not paraphrasing it, but you basically said that you did the work to move on so that they can move on that's it and that's that hits me in a very real way because i haven't really even thought of it in that way because if I don't move on and set the example, they're not going to either. And that's really uh, powerful. And, and um, yeah, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of it in that way. I, hadn't, I mean, you, you know that you're like the example for your children and all these things. Like, you know, they'll, they'll follow you and, and, you know, you sort of set the tone and all that. But I just hadn't thought of that. And it's, um, I'm going to ruminate on that for rest of the day i'm sure Good. because um i i have to as the conversation you had the other day i have to start for for me and this wasn't something you said uh and i mean not not in that kind of way but i have to for me and and for them start looking at these things in a sort of different way and that way is that they're the center of it and i got to do whatever i need to do to make it better for them. So that means I need to start, you know, it's, you know, baby steps too, you have to protect yourself, but I have to start, you know, interacting with her a little bit and showing them that, you know, yeah, so, you know, life goes on, it's okay, we're going to get through this type of thing. And uh, I, I haven't gotten to that point. I'm, I'm, I'm trying now, right. know, to, be, to be quite honest, because I don't want to, you know, I don't want those effects that are there, that are clear, to be lingering. I don't want them to last for the rest of their lives. Now, there'll be some things that will. Right? Inevitably. Right. And you, you, you're some things you can't control. You can't take back what happened. You, yep. you, know, you didn't even do it in the first place. So you, you can't. There's certain things. There's certain effects. But I can try and minimize the best I can. And one of those ways I'm, I'm learning and I'm seeing is that I need to sort of rise above my own pain. That doesn't mean 
not working through your pain. No, definitely not. That means working through your pain with an agenda. And your agenda is the benefit and protection for your children. So we've talked before there as much as it feels like there there is there is not a timeline for this healing this work however with that agenda in the forefront of your mind as you're working through and healing it gives you drive not to skip over things because if you don't deal with them it's coming back so yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Just, just you know, don't don't take what we're saying as right. It's not stuff a, your pain. Yeah, it's not a man up, get over it, move on. No, 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 no. It's almost like it's a reason. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, almost like a, 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 a motivator. A, yeah, a fuel a motivator that is a lot healthier than absolutely hang like anger. Like I, I hate that bitch, and, and that's yep. the way I'm gonna move on. Like that's not uh, it's not healthy, and it, it's not uh, helpful. Right. Ultimately, in the long run, because not only does it not help you, um, I think you know, now that I you know I look at these things and try to look at these things, always constantly reevaluating where I'm at and what I'm doing, and, and as now I'm seeing like it doesn't help me. Sure as fuck doesn't help them. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. Yep. Um, because as you say all the time, they innately know that they're half of that. Person. They know. They're they're you know that they're half you they're half her and they might not understand that on a conscious level but they know so if you're running her down in front of those kids you're running those kids down if she's running you down in front of those kids she's running you down them down so whether they consciously understand that or not it's definitely happening in their minds in their hearts i want to i want to i think we'll we'll wrap up today with this i want to end with this because it's been about an hour and i know a little more than an hour, buddy. We didn't even get okay. No, we got no, a lot more to go. No, Sorry, didn't. guys. No, it's all good. I, this this was um, uh, it's it's all it's always good. This 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 your perspective is um, it's 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 one from experience, and so I value it. Sorry. I hope I hope uh, it's helpful for you guys too. I I, I have no doubt. Um, I'm gonna tell us tell this, and, and we can we can not include this, but, but to that point, um, you had just went through a graduation of your oldest daughter and oh we can we can include this i'd like to at the end of uh, the celebration i guess you actually went and hugged your ex-wife and your daughters apparently okay so i'll tell tell i'll tell a little story it wasn't it wasn't the end of celebration it was uh yeah you know after graduation it was picture taking all that good stuff you know college graduation first one i was ever to was pretty cool so um, I, my wife and I had made plans, dinner reservations, <clears throat> uh, at a lo- very nice local restaurant there and invited my ex-wife to come. I got to tell you, a lot of it, com- a lot of those acts of goodwill come from Stephanie. Really? She helps me tremendously, brings things to light for me, yeah, sure. helps me. I might kick against her thought process at, at the beginning because sure. i still 18 years later i got i got hate and discontent sure. i work through it every day sure. still i'm sorry yeah. that's probably not good news yeah. well, but it, it makes me a better person to sure. constantly do it she, my wife makes me a better person to remind me of these things to, to work through these things even when i frustrate her like i don't want to 
my son is making a Mother's Day potted plant for my ex-wife today due to my wife's goodwill and love for my daughters. I got all kind of feelings about that, Mike. That's wow. That's that's is is she not an amazing woman yeah, to think for that sure. way? I, I would never. Wow, that speaks volumes to who she is as a person. It is. It does speak volumes. She's amazing. So, yeah, we go out. Yeah, made reservations. She on her lead. We made reservations for dinner, and yes, you know, call her, let her know that she's invited. She doesn't have to come, but okay, fine. So I called her. And yep, she came. And we ate. And I paid for her meal. And we celebrated my daughter. We celebrated my daughter. And at the end of the at the end of the meal, we're getting up and going. I walked over to her and I gave her a big hug. Celebrating my daughter. Sure. And I said, I love you. Yep. I don't love her like a wife. Right. I love her as the mother of my child. Sure. I hate her too. But love and hate are right next to each other on the emotional wheel, guys. Yeah. Check that out sometime. Yeah, my daughters were floored, right, to see sure. see something like that. Sure. Not not that there was ever major friction or something in front of the girls, but they, they know. Yeah. They know what's going on. But, yeah, my, my wife says, you should have seen the girls grabbing for their phones to get a picture of that. I said, did they get a picture of it? She said, no. I said, good. And <laughs> walked away. <laughs> Well, it just goes. To, it shows that you know, even after you know all this time, eighteen years apart, you know, but they're they still you know they still realize that they're half of you and half of her. They do. So you have to be careful of how you certainly speak about, but even I'm I'm sort of starting to learn even interact with the ex. It's um, it's important to to be mindful that your actions will be. Um, repeated almost like or, or at least recognize so if so if you're shitty to to their mother in front of them they're gonna internalize that they're gonna they're gonna oh absolutely yeah they'll they'll know it's not they're pretty smart pretty intuitive people yeah we, we don't give kids credit all the time so i think we'll we'll end it there and uh i think next time we'll pick it up with the custody trial right on and uh i'll try to remember what led to it and what now we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get yeah. from the beginning of that understanding yeah because that's a whole thing too because the kids had to testify right yep yep, yep. that's a whole thing i definitely want to hear how it went and time frames and effects even like of the kids and oh man there's a that's a whole yeah that's another effect. as a prelude there I, I'll, I'll just reinforce what i said earlier record keeping record keeping keep a journal guys write everything down that's happening even things you think that are inconsequential so we'll discuss that well thanks man i appreciate it you're welcome i love you man i love you too brother well that's a wrap for episode 36 i want to thank chris once again for taking the time to sit down and talk with me his story truly is a story of hope until next time take care of yourselves and take care of each other thank you so much for listening thank you to nick coyle and lifer for allowing me to use their song born again which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast. Thank you to Justin Delahanty and all of my brothers at the Alpha Code. Please reach out and connect with me and other like-minded men on the Facebook group page, Rising Phoenix Podcast. This group will be used to discuss released episodes, future episodes, 
and to discuss any and all things that come from dealing with a divorce, separation, or breakup. I look forward to connecting with you. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life, who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence just like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.